Episode 60, February the 28th, 2013. The sixth final one. You are listening to This is Atleti, the only podcast in English dedicated to Atletico de Madrid. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how we managed to reach the sixth final in three years. And with me, as usual, are Derek Mayen and Martin Rosenau. How are you guys? Uh, Martin. I'm so pumped, man. So excited about this final. I got a good feeling about it. Really excited, Derek. Nice to speak to you again. Oh, man, it's been ages, Ricky. It's fantastic to talk to you guys again. Yeah, great to have you back and great to talk to you again. Um, Well, what are your feelings? Um, Were you... Were you excited about um, the match? Uh, did you, I mean, were you nervous about the match be, before the match started? And um, as a matter of fact, I was I was pretty cool because I I could sense that in a certain way, um, uh, Cholo was going to to rely on on being very defensive at the beginning of the match, and we were lucky enough to get a a, a, a quick opener for. For our side, um, Diego Costa was absolutely brilliant tonight. Um, Falcao played his role, his role um, great as well, and I think that that's that's probably the key. Um, uh, shutting uh, uh, our goal for for the first few minutes until um, we managed to score a goal and playing with uh, playing with the tide for the rest of the match. How, how did you guys see the match, Derek? Well, I, I wasn't as nervous um, as you had just explained because I have so much confidence in Simeone and his men and. It's just that the way we've been playing every big game under Simeone, we're always looking prepared. We're always looking ready for the challenge that is ahead. And um, because of that, I was looking, I was quite comfortable, even if we only had a one-goal lead coming into the game. And unfortunately, I actually I missed the first about 15 minutes of tonight's match, um, so I missed Costa's game. But when I arrived, I turned on the TV, and we were already already leading. And I think that from there, it was quite an easy ride, even if. Sevilla, they got a number of chances, quite a lot of them actually. But we were leading the entire game, and I think that we ne- we were never really in any trouble. I don't know uh, if you agree, Martin. Yeah, uh, I was. I actually was kind of nervous. Uh, the, the nerves started kicking in yesterday. I was starting to feel them last night, you know, looking into the game, and then today I was really just watching the clock, counting the minutes. And about, you know, half an hour before the game, I really, really felt the nerves. And uh, I don't know. I was concerned about Cata Diaz, to be honest. Um, whenever he's played, it's usually with a, a lot more replacements. And uh, this time, because it was just, he was pretty much the only backup, you know, like legitimate backup on the field. Uh, we, we felt good enough. You know what I mean? But... Uh, that was my main concern about the game, and then as soon as Diego Costa scored, I knew that we we could coast along. Um, you, you were writing the other day um, about Diego Costa, and in 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 your last red and white aftermath piece, you you were saying more Costa, please. Um, yeah. We just don't seem to be able to do anything without Costa these days. It's amazing. Like I just think back a couple of years ago, where we thought he was. No, I'm going to think. Used. I'm going to think back a month from now because Derek, do you remember the last time we spoke? Um, you were laughing in my face because I even mentioned the possibility of Diego Costa playing for the Brazilian national team. Yeah, something that weren't a friendly. Ricky, I think I'll that tell you something. when he's starting to like south of that. I'll tell you something right now. 
can you name me four better strikers than Diego Costa in La Liga? I no. think you can name two or three, and that's it. Right now, he's, he's in such great form, and what he's doing is just amazing. And I mean, whenever somebody outside of um, Atletico talks about our club, then they're always talking about Falcao. But right now, Falcao isn't our main man. It's Diego Costa who's, who's running the show. He's creating the chances. He's scoring the goals. Um, I, I simply, I, I'm lacking the words to describe him because what he has done this past month, or actually has done the entire season, it's it's nothing short of amazing. And um, yeah, I, I was laughing at you last time we spoke, but um, so far Diego Costa continues to prove me wrong. No, he's got the hey, mojo. Ricky, Definitely. Let me ask you, Ricky. Let me ask you. Yeah. You don't see him with a chance of playing for the Spanish national team if the Brazilian national team doesn't call him up first. Wow, that, I I I I wasn't thinking of that, but mm, the thing is, uh, knowing Vicente Bosque, I would think he has a better shot at trying um, with the Brazilian <laughs> national team, or say the Dutch change, national team. Yeah, change the stripes for whatever other yeah, uniform. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. <laughs> um, but as a matter of fact, he's he's been incredibly effective. We we skipped the red and white fact of the week tonight because we just wanted to um, focus on on tonight's match. But if we if we got into red and white facts, we have so many. Um, back to your red and white aftermath, la- the the last Liga match. Maybe we'll have a few minutes to talk about it later. Is packed with excellent um, facts that that are astounding. But I'll give you one about tonight. Um, the last. Um, Costa is the top scorer for La Copa. He scored seven goals in La Copa. And the last time an Atleti player scored seven goals, that was Milinko Pantic in 1996. And we all know how that ended. Wow. So, yeah, I'm starting to get the goosebumps as I'm saying it. Yeah. Um, how, about, how about all this um, metal and racketage and... Um, uh, con, con, Condogbia. Condogbia. Um, yeah underground uh, um, playing. I, I, I was really surprised to see how cool Aleti was with knowing what type of, of match they were going to find tonight. And I think um, we really have to give merit to Cholo for preparing the team on the psychological side um, to, to, to face this, um, this um Aggressive um, atmosphere, and and they really managed to 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 play it calm and and not um, fall into all those traps that that we saw tonight. I, I well, agree. It's also I amazing. Oh, sorry, Martin. I, uh, I think that um, if I'm right, then Gabi and Mario they were on yellows and one yellow away from suspension, and yep. you could just tell that everybody at Atletico they were focused. Unlike, for example, um, last year when you had Thiago who got who picked up a very silly red card um, in our semi-final of the Europa League against Valencia. This time, our players, they were um, composed. Even They managed to get under Sevilla's skin, and um, credit to Diego Costa especially for that. Um, mm. But we kept our calm, and we actually let Sevilla get heated, as our games always do. But instead of um, taking a fight with them, we, we let them fight us, and they got a stand-up for it. And I think... What what was um, interesting here is that a couple months ago we played against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu, and I'm sure that you guys remember that in that game Diego Costa he was probably not just making a fool out of his opponents but mostly of himself, and he was um, he was so constantly busy with his opponents that he he wasn't actually contributing to our offensive game, and now a couple months later you can see Diego Costa 
Um, he can completely take his opponents out of the game with his with his manners, with his um, with his cheeky little punches, with his with his whining and his his, his pushing and shoving. And um, I think that he right now he's managing to be to completely piss off his opponents, but he gets the better of it, and mm-hmm. he gets the better yeah. out of them right now. Yeah, I think it's amazing, and I think that uh, look, he's suffered something like. 15 fouls in the last two games and, and has committed like two or three and how many yellow cards has he you know induced from the other team it's been like five or six now mm-hmm. between the last two games and you really see how the team I don't know if it was Cholo I don't know if it was the team captains I've heard of you know I've heard reports of everybody talking to try to calm him down during the games and it seems like you know it's totally worked well, he has it ingrained in his mind. He and still he, has to focus a bit more. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah. I, I think he's he's getting there, but he's still not there. He still um, falls into... Um, I just think at last game, eight fouls. He suffered eight fouls, you know what I mean? And he, he kept his cool the whole time. And it almost seems to me like he's not even going to get another yellow card for the rest of the season. That's how cool like they're they're going to get him. Well, as a matter of fact, I, I guess that most of the fouls that Leti got um, um, were in the second half because um, we committed more. Fa- um, well, we we committed um, only six more fa- uh, six uh, fouls less than than Sevilla tonight. Mm, so, um, twenty-two fouls. It's a high number, but it's it's not a spectacular amount of, of fouls. And um, they ended up with two red cards. I, I think it was. Um, they, 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 Sevilla weren't able to play the psychological side of of the match um, as 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 well and well. Besides the the aggregate result, that was right. was horrible for them anyway. Right, they were desperate. They're the ones under pressure. Despite having the home field so so called advantage, they really didn't have any advantage. They were the ones under pressure, so. Obviously, they were going to be more susceptible to, okay, to that so, kind of. Okay, um, so would we agree that Diego Costa is the man of the match uh, tonight? I, I, in my opinion, he is because he scored the first one, and and um, that was that that goal was so important for the match. He he um, crossed the second one for Falcao, and he could have scored a third one in at the beginning of the of the second half. I think that just with those two plays, um, the Medellin and Condogbia um, uh, plays at the end. That that turns him into the man of the match, and I, I really I think he's. And well, I don't see why we should discount him as the man of the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, sometimes I I know that sometimes um you you, you have to um wash down part of your excitement because of things that Diego Costa has done during the match. Maybe I I, I watch I I watch the match again tomorrow and I and I change my opinion, but right now I can't think of um, situations where Diego Costa acted in a. Uh, unsportsman, uh, um, unsportsmanly way. And I don't know if you guys can think of of, of any any um, specific uh, situations where where. I, I remember sometimes he'd point you know at people and start talking trash to them, but after he was fouled, he would get in their faces. You know what I mean? But do you guys get the feeling like... that the the thing with Diego is, uh, is is a lot of trash talking? Um, right. It goes on. I, I think that that's what starts most of the um, situations with with Diego Costa. Right, but it's a bit of a turn on, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Derek, your views there. Uh, man of the match for Diego Costa, of course. Uh, I'm uh, completely with Martin. Here. He's my 
man of the match, the man of the week, the man of the man of the month, at least the man of the 2013 so far. <laughs> and if he continues like that, he'll be the man of the season. Yeah, the, the, the man of the history. <laughs> uh, if you think about it, hasn't his play, his like dominance in the attack, it, it kind of carried over still from uh-huh. what we were seeing at Rayo. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. think about you put those two, you know, halves together. What he's been doing up till now this season, and then what he did towards the end of last season, and he's had a tremendous like couple, like what, almost twelve months. Yeah, and Over- the, um, two, uh, two seasons. I mean, sorry. Um, uh, two things I wanted to to mention was um, uh, besides the first substitution, uh, Tago for Mario's wife because um, Tago was injured. Um, we're 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 hearing reports. Um, Martin, I, I don't know if you mentioned that uh, earlier on um, that Tejo has a fracture in his arm, his forearm. Um, w- I was really surprised with the substitutions that that um, Simeone performed. I mean, um, taking uh, well taking out of that made a certain sense, but taking Tejo Garcia um, off the pitch, uh, especially with the attitude he had had in, during the first half, and um, with Gabi one yellow card away from suspension and Diego Costa um, heating up the match or Falcao uh, in the risk of being injured, I was really surprised. But um, as a matter of fact, the uh, the substitutions were were pretty positive for the team. I don't know how you guys um, felt when you saw the substitutions. I think that the the substitution makes sense because Raul Garcia seemed like he was running on empty and he was on a card as well. So practically he was one yellow card away from suspension as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Gabi Gabi can easily go for 90 minutes or more while Raul Garcia seemed to um, not to have so much gas in his tank anymore. Mm-hmm. So that made sense for me. And the same goes for Arda really, who I believe hasn't completed a, a game in a while now. Um, I think he goes off in about um, three out of four games that we play, and um, just for that, you know, he, he's going to give his all during the 60 minutes that he plays, and then usually you can see Kaboya coming on, and uh, Saboya, as you guys say. And, uh, <laughs> as, as we correctly say. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> if you want it to be so Kaboya, we'll, you know, we'll continue. <laughs> okay, you were talking about Kaboya. <laughs> right. So, for, for me, the substitution made sense. Although um, I kind of expected Simeone to maybe even go more defensive, but he decided to um, let Falcao and Diego Costa stay on, which um, actually turned out to be quite a good decision because both of them should have scored another goal. Unfortunately, they didn't, and that allowed Sevilla to equalize later on. But um, no, I, I can't blame uh, Simeone for any of his uh, decisions tonight. Mm. I think he came in well prepared and. His substitutions during the game made perfect sense to me. Okay. I read some comments and I would agree with some people that we did need some pause with Arda staying on the game. But like Derek said, he's not the type of player that has the stamina. I haven't seen him go all out for 90 minutes. It's he's very been, rare. He's and been he's substituted injured. 60% of the matches so far this season. I'm really worried about the, the fact. Cambodia, Cambodia always comes on. You know. <laughs> Cambodia. <laughs> he always comes on. He's always a spark off the bench. Not so much, you know. We've already realized that as a starter, he doesn't make as much of an impact. But coming off the bench, that his his intensity, he has that kind of ferocity that Diego Costa has too. 
that when he comes off the bench, people are a little tired, and then he just he's relentless. And well, I think we have to put in a word for Cadavias. He did have a couple of uh, situations where he could have provoked a penalty on on Negredo a couple of times. He was yeah, like an inch away from. Yeah. <laughs> did, did he even see Negredo there? Because he got burned. I mean, really badly. Yeah. I think the Catadias went in with a head start, and <laughs> Negredo just completely burned him for pace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I was. Um, I, I think that at the end of the day, if you if you have to strike a balance, uh, Catadia had had a pretty decent match. Don't you think? Yeah, about yes. I mean, relative to Catadias, I would say yes, he had a decent match. Yeah. All right. I'm not ready to go out and say he had a he had a good match. No, 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 no. But I, I guess that um, we were expecting some sort of a big mishap to come that way, and I don't think he's to blame for um, either of the two goals that Sevilla scored tonight. Yeah, he's not. Okay, and about the the rival. Um, last uh, the, last night we we saw uh, Real Madrid qualify in a stunning way, I think. And I want to ask you guys. I, I know we normally don't talk about other teams, but um, I think it makes sense to talk about Real Madrid and Barcelona for a couple of minutes uh, now. Um, do you think it has more to do with um, Barcelona losing their edge, or does it have to do with a serious recovery of Real Madrid? And um, their ex- um, the team being extremely focused on on the Copa del Rey and and the Champions League, Derek, for example. I, I think it was um, both of those reasons. I think that Barcelona looked very poor last night, with especially Xavi and Iniesta had an underwhelming performance, if you ask me. But um, that shouldn't take away any credit from Real Madrid because their performance was flawless. Um, that's one of the best games I've seen Real Madrid play under Mourinho against Barcelona. And, well, we all know they've played each other about 3,000 times now these past two years. Um, so, no, I think Mourinho did very well there. And uh, I was really impressed by um, the, the entire game that Real Madrid played. Usually when, they, when you watch the, the Clásico, you see Real Madrid play very well for a short period of time. This time they actually played a complete game against Barcelona and they fully deserve to advance to the final. Um, but I don't think that that should um, worry, um, uh, give us any worries ahead of the game because that will be a completely different game. Um, it's a derby Madrileño, which is always a special game. And um, I'm not worried more or less because of the Real Madrid's performance last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know how good they are. We all know what yeah, we can expect. Real Madrid. It will be a one-off. Right, Real Madrid gets pumped up for the Clásico. I don't know just how much they get pumped up versus, you know, the the Derby. A lot. When a lot. Well, yeah. Well, compared to the Clásico when they go into play. No, Barcelona. no, no. I, I can I can assure you it's 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 equal and um we do get disdained by the media but not by the not by our rival. Um I I've I've seen quite a few of them live. And you can't imagine how how um, happy they are when they celebrate their victories, which unfortunately I've seen quite a few live. And normally all those uh, post-match images of the players celebrating after the match, well, um, televisions normally skip them, but uh, I've seen Real Madrid um, celebrating it for quite a long time with their fans in the stands and um I think it's 
even though um, from a media point of view, a media attention point of view, especially international media point of view, it's not comparable um, from a strictly um, uh, sports point of view. It's, I, I think it gets them equally pumped up. And, uh, but I think this is a way of, of unjinxing ourselves um, to, to just um, uh, win them once and for all. If possible, in La Liga, um, a month yeah. before the final, that will that will be a huge build-up in confidence. But yeah, it's kind of weird, though, huh? Because we got that game. Both with, with the game, obviously, the final's much more it plays, important. It plays both ways. Um, if if we lose against them in La Liga, um, it could be a serious drawback for our our morale. I don't know if you guys agree there. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Actually, I, I kind of wish that we wouldn't have to play them before the the Copa final. I mean, exactly. how perfect would it be to actually to to break our spell against them in the final to take the silverware right out of their hands? I mean, that would just just be perfect. And um, I'm actually well, this may sound really weird, but I wouldn't mind if we draw it against them in the league just to gloriously beat them in the final. I, mean, <laughs> I think that would be perfect. You can you can you can see um, a, a draw coming uh, from from really far away because um, Real Madrid will not want to risk losing against uh, Atletico at um, a month before the final. Um, Mourinho is is pretty conservative for uh, from that point of view, and Atletico will always be thinking about. Um, the the gap they have um, um, if if um, we, we're lucky enough to to maintain that gap with Real Madrid all the way um, up to I think it's uh, the end of April, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, and both teams will be pretty satisfied with it with a draw. So I, I could expect a pretty eventless match to take place uh, between the Galera. Oh, but what is, I'm just imagining like the ultimate scenario already. Imagining beating them in La Liga, uh, finishing second over them, and then beating them in the Copa del Rey. Can, can I dream? Yes, can you can. You can, can right, but thanks. you should be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I I I have I, I I'm very very hopeful. Derek, you had some you had some, an interesting fact about La Copa del Rey, Real Madrid, and Atletico, right? Yeah, this will be the fifth time that we're uh, um, facing each other in the final of the Copa del Rey. And um, interestingly, the, um, three of the previous four games were played at the Bernabeu. Um, and all three of those were won by Aleti, which, um, of course, is a great uh, sign for us. But on the other hand, the one time that um, Real Madrid won was actually at the Vicente Calderon. Um, so which really makes you doubt where you actually want the final to take place, which is something that hasn't been announced so far. Um, what do you guys think that what will the venue be of the the Cup of the Rey final? Um, that that's that's a, there's a serious issue there because um, you you know um how highly critical I am with um, Spanish competition and Spanish way of organizing the the competition. Um, Copa del Rey final um since maybe four or five years back is is never decided beforehand at the beginning of the season. Because they're always waiting for um, either Real Madrid or Barcelona or both of them to um, make it to the to the final match, um, because in that case they will need um, the bigger stadiums in 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 Spain and and 
Um, that means that you normally have to take the final to either Cap Nou or Bernabeu or Vicente Calderón or Mestalla in Valencia or La Cartuja in Sevilla. You're pretty much out of options besides that. Maybe you have Sanchez Pijuan. I think it's around 48,000, if I don't recall incorrectly. And I can't think of other big stadiums in 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 Spain. And that's that's usually the problem because of, um, of the amount of tickets that each of the, the clubs receive. Um, I think that 40% of the tickets go to the Spanish FA. And um, there's another percentage a pretty high percentage that goes to to sponsors and and um, similar and um, at the end of the day uh, the teams only get from 20 to 25 percent of the tickets um, that the stadium holds so so um, tickets are always a problem whenever um, one of the bigger teams reaches a final and that's normally always the case so um, what would Real Madrid want Real Madrid would probably want Cam no what would Atletico right. probably want? Atletico would probably want Santiago Bernabéu. The thing is, okay. will they reach an agreement um, to move it to Santiago Bernabéu? Because I'm pretty sure that Atletico will not accept um, going to Barcelona. For well, I was going to ask you, Ricky, what what reason would Real Madrid have against it being in the Bernabéu? Why would they want it at Camp Nou as opposed to Bernabéu, their home stadium? You know, is it is it kind of like a pride thing, like that if they win, that people say, oh yeah, of course you won at home. There, uh, is, there, it, there, is it beating? Um, is it taking right, a trophy? Right now, it's there? it's uh-huh. it's fairly unclear, but there were rumors that there might be um, uh, remodeling taking place at Santiago Bernabéu this summer. I've seen a lot of jokes about that, um, which is uh, the same reason that um, Barcelona used to avoid. Um, having the the no sorry it was the same reason Real Madrid used last last season to to avoid having Barcelona play there. Um, so you'd prefer the Bernabeu just because it's closer to Madrid, or because I mean, what, as a matter of fact, mean, I would prefer something outside of Madrid. I was going to say Mestalla. I prefer Mestalla, or um, I think that probably the best stadium is, um, if you don't go to Barcelona, is is La Cartuja. That's in in Sevilla. It's the Olympic Stadium. That's where sometimes the Spanish national team plays. Yeah, it's, but, it's, but no club plays there, right? No, no, no club plays there. There, there were um, they tried to have both Betis and Sevilla move to that stadium, uh, kind of like in in Milan. Um, but that didn't that didn't work out. So at the end, they they created this huge stadium that no one uses and is uh, a virtually empty um, all year round. And they're always trying to find ways of 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 making of making it useful. And and um, but it's but it's a it's a stadium that's in a complicated part of Sevilla because it's in the middle of an island. The island was used for the international exposition. Afterwards, um, part of the island was semi-abandoned, so um, not even the roads are well kept in that part of the of Sevilla. It's, it's really funny. It's part of the um, Spanish way of doing things. You build these big ass infrastructures and then you just leave them there to rot. Um, 
Yeah, um, some of the parts of La Cartuja look like um, sets from The Walking Dead. They, they, they're that abandoned. Um, yeah. And, and La yeah, it's it's similar to the situation with La Peineta. First, you make this huge stadium, then you you stop to think what you're going to use the stadium for. Um, well, that's those are the things that happen uh, with when you when you spend public money and no one has to uh, give too many explanations about what where the money goes to. Um, uh, with with La Cartuja, um, I think it would be a very good stadium for, for example, for the national team to play all, all their matches, all their home matches, and it would be a great place to hold Copa del Rey finals because Sevilla is pretty close to to um, Madrid. It's not that close to Barcelona, but you can get a, 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 um, an express direct um, high-speed train there in, in five hours. And well, it, it 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 could make sense, but again, Real Madrid have that set. You know how like the Super Bowl in in the U.S. is set. You know, like two One years year, before, uh, three two years, years in advance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how come they can't have something like that? I don't get it. How come? You know, how come they, they just... don't even uh, know the the schedules for the for the matches that are going to be played in a month? No, I know, I know. It's yeah, it's, it's all just, part of the same. Yeah, it's it's part of the same problem. There there are too many interests. Um, Real Madrid and Barcelona have too much influence over the competition, and um, it's always a matter of what benefits um, Barcelona the most, what benefits Real Madrid the most, and then the rest of the other of the teams have their have their say. Um, and and here probably Atletico will have to reach some type of agreement that they find convenient, and will probably be what Real Madrid convinces the FA to do. That's um, that's my point of view of of based on on experience of what has happened other years. Okay. And um, well, we can we can before we wrap up, we've we've already been talking about um, Copa del Rey for for quite a bit. Mm. Let's let's talk a bit about La Liga and how um, we're not going to talk about Europa League. What, what Europa League? <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happened there. Uh, we still have to face some Russian side or something like that. No, well, um, everyone knows what happened to um, in Europa League. Uh, bad news on that front. But we could expect Aleti to drop uh, sooner or later one of the three competitions, and it would always be the competitions where we we had the, the least amount of options, and it just made sense having a short um, roster to... Um, Drop Europa League in more or less an elegant way. Um, do you agree there with me, Mark? Uh, to a certain extent, yes, it makes sense after the fact. But I wouldn't have been too worried if we would have qualified because we had this last Copa del Rey game, and then that's it. The finals, the last one. I, I think we have a squad for two competitions: La Liga and Europa League. I think we would have been okay throughout. Obviously, we're going to be much better now. There's going to be less chances of injury. The team's going to be rested up, you know, week in, week out. But we've managed two competitions before, mm-hmm. you know. And like I said, this this game was would have been the last Copa del, Copa del Rey game. And then that's it. We would have just been able to focus on La Liga and then the midweek Europa League games. Uh, you know, I, I like Europa League. It's something that's given us a lot of joy, a lot of pleasure to... To, well, it's led to four European trophies in the past uh, three years. So, I mean, it was it was disappointing for me 
Uh, really? I was disappointed mm-hmm. to be to be kicked out. Yeah. Mm, I, I slightly disagree with uh, with Mar- uh, with you, Martin. Here, because I think that don't actually have the the squad to compete in two competitions. Because usually, when Atletico go far into the Europa League, we don't do that well um, in La Liga. I mean, last season we just missed out on the Champions League, which in the end was a huge shame. But you wonder um, if we wouldn't have dropped some points if we didn't have the Europa League to worry about. And I think that we have a very big advantage with us not having to play a single midweek game anymore while teams like Real Madrid or Malaga, um, if they make a very deep um, run in the Champions League, then we have a big advantage over them while they will be resting players in La Liga games. So, yeah, I could, I could totally agree with that. Martin, um, wasn't it you in the, in the last episode, I think, that um, talked about um, the economical consequences of playing Champions League? And um, I recall you explaining that um, just playing the group stage was equivalent to winning the Europa League uh, from an economical point of view. Was that you? Uh, I've written about it. I can just say that I think it's something like $30 million just to make it through the group stage, and then uh, and that's in Champions League, and then the maximum you can get with Europa League is $10 million if you make it to the final. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as far as the economic standpoint in fa- it makes in fa- a lot more sense in fact they're voting they're they're voting um next month at uefa uh to qualify the champion of the europa league for champions league right uh, because be it's unfortunate for us <laughs> because it's like <laughs> it's like later. it's like playing with the big boys it's um you you always get the feeling of this washed down competition even if you win it and you're incredibly happy and it's 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 a great experience but well, At the well end to of the me, game? it's almost ridiculous that they haven't, they didn't make that decision before. You know what I mean? It just it seems to make sense that that should have been a reward for a Europa League champion. You know, I would even say for the for the local cups of every country, mm, one of the spots we should be for that for that champion, because at the end of the day, it's a it's a cup champion. Yeah. Um, versus a maybe a fourth position in the domestic competition. I don't think. Uh, um, between both uh, merits, I think that a champion always makes more merits than a team that um, manages to qualify, like in the Spanish League or in the um, English Premier League, fourth in fourth position. I don't think that's it's probably um, devaluating the, the the competition a bit. Yeah, I would I would agree with you if Atleti didn't make the Champions League twice because of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that first part is very convenient. Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> now that now we're part of the big three, you have to think different, Martin. Yeah, big, yeah, big two, big two, <laughs> big three, big three. <laughs> All right, guys. Before we wrap up, I would love to hear your thoughts about our uh, upcoming game against Malaga, which is um, away at the Rosaleda and which is a game that I'm not re- really looking forward to because I think it will be very, very tough on Aleti. What do you guys expect um, on Sunday's game? I expect a draw. I expect a draw because Aletigo will um, will be ultra-defensive and, and um, uh, Malaga has been through a lot of effort in the, in, in the previous weeks um, and and... I can I I can see the team drawing in Malaga, which is an absolutely fantastic result. I don't see us losing. I mean, I see us drawing or winning. At this point, I have so much faith in Costa's abilities to just do anything right now <laughs> that 
that I can see us winning, you know. Uh, I can see it. I'm not I'm not concerned about this game. And obviously a lot of that has to do with the huge cushion we have over them in the table with points and that kind of stuff. But, but I mean, imagine a win. We, we would expand. It would be what, something like 17 points or 16 and points. And the other day, Derek, um, let me add to that. Um, in the in in the conference room, uh, while we were waiting for for um, Chilla to appear, um, th- there was some off the record chat between the the journalist and 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 they were they they were trying to come up with a figure of um, how much it would take Atletico to uh, be fully qualified for Champions League, and, and um, the journalists in there were were speculating with. Uh, we would only need to win four more matches in the 13 matches to go to to qualify for Champions League. Maybe five, but... With, with like a really high probability, right? Yeah. Not, not a certainty, not a clinching. Well, um, you're probably there with five matches. With five matches, you're probably there um, already. Just clinched, yeah. Is that the third or the fourth position in La Liga? I mean, there's there's difference with qualifying for next year's Champions League. Well, with Malaga out of the picture right now, um, the um, the the cutting amount of points is 41. That's uh, that's the the points Valencia has uh, versus the 56 that we have. Um, uh, Real Sociedad right now is 16 points away. That's a lot of points. Yeah. What what I do like about um, the upcoming weekend is that there is another Clásico, which by my count would make that 3,001. <laughs> the past three years, um, but of course that means that if we do manage to somehow get a win over Malaga, um, and well, I'm rooting for Barcelona this weekend. Then we could actually extend our lead over our uh, next two rivals in La Liga with another three points. So that could make it a very good weekend for Atletico. But on the other hand, if we manage to win and Real Madrid win as well, a, a whole new dimension <laughs> in front of us. And nine points uh, doesn't seem that much with Barca- with a weaker uh, Barcelona having to come over. What do you guys think? You're getting ahead of yourself, Rick. <laughs> yeah, nah, I'm just teasing you to see if you fall into the trap. I, I was starting to fall, man. My my foot was going through the quicksand right there. I was believing it. <laughs> with um, Diego Costa, we can do anything, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> Diego Costa, Ballon d'Or. Um, what do you guys think about Barcelona? Do, can you see them? Um, uh, do, do, can you do you see them taking a big impact for this um, loss? Uh, like, I don't. They they've always bounced back huge from these. Seriously jeopardizing them, their Liga or well, um, Champions League is already they're already walking the tightrope there. Imagine if they come back there, if they come back there, then they, they're back on top of the world mm-hmm. pretty much. And then imagine the scenario that Barcelona comes back against AC Milan and then Real Madrid gets eliminated suddenly. You know, we're back to where we were right before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plus, um, yeah. the the Saturday match could could change everything again, or just inch it closer. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, about Atletico, eighth shutout at home. It's incredible. Um, any any comments before we we wrap up? Yeah, uh, I have a comment. Do you guys can you compare a better defensive back pairing than Miranda I, I and Godin right now? I was about to ask Cholo the other day, but um, uh, I've, I've, I've had some sour encounters with Cholo in the last few weeks. Um, <laughs> I, I have the feeling um, 
but I'm I, I'm sure he's not going to want to admit this um, at this point. This is probably the best Atleti in history, from a statistical point of view. And yeah. I'm pretty sure that if you if you have a look at the numbers, there's so many numbers that uh, back up uh, what I'm saying that um, it starts. Yeah, we have the make shutout sure. streak. Yeah, you got the the home win streaks. The the yeah, streaks that we had at the beginning of the season. Courtois, Courtois leading the Samora race. Yes, um, right now, right now, um, Courtois is fighting against a record set by Abel in 1991, and we have a series of other ongoing records by uh, Falcao, um, maximum penalty shooter um, in in home matches uh, or or in Liga matches. That's I think it's eight goals scored uh, um, by penalty. Is that eight goals in in Liga? Yeah, it's eight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, he 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 tied with um, with um, top scorer of Atleti history. Um, Courtois is tied right now with with Abel in the highest amount of shutouts in home matches, straight uh, shutouts in home matches. It's just a team for history. Plus, Deogodin Miranda, I'm just absolutely fascinated with a couple, and um, they just they just feel so different when they're not playing together. It's just incredible, That's true. and yeah. um, you're you're starting. To, we're starting to recover Falcao, who, who had uh, um, who underperformed for a few matches after his injury. Juanfran is coming back after a few matches that weren't as spectacular as others, and and maybe feeling the heat of of uh, Manquillo has something to do. Um, we have Insua, which we haven't even seen yet. Um, no. I know how you guys feel about Itsua. Have you ever seen him play? Not enough to have like any, huh? you know, sort. Not enough to have any sort of judgment. You know what I mean? Like, Trick. Maybe some. Uh, we'll have to bring um, Billy on next time to tell us a bit more about Insua. Uh huh. And and well, we we have all the good news with uh, with a Cantera. I think except for the um, Oliver Torres thing, um, everything seems to be good news. Um, Martin, you wanted to point out to. Yeah, two quick things. Uh, I thought it was pretty impressive getting back to the history stuff on Atleti. Is that uh, were you guys aware? I wrote about it in my second to last aftermath about Falcao being only the second player in Atleti history to score two or twenty goals in consecutive seasons. Wow. That, that to me that was pretty amazing. And the other guy was Ruben Cano. Mm-hmm. In oh. that, since 1976 and 90, 97, 98. 20 goals in two seasons. In back-to-back seasons, uh-huh. yeah. 20-plus goals in back-to-back seasons, which is pretty amazing. Uh-huh. And then the other thing is the Cholo contract situation, which is supposedly reports came out about a week or two ago and hurt. Yeah, by, by, your, by your huge friend, Matayanas. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Your best friend. Yeah, he signed. Um, he signed an article saying that Cholo is going to renew until, wait for it, 2017. Four years. <laughs> that's like a that's like an NBA or NFL type of contract. That's uh, just unheard of in Spanish uh, football. And it would be impressive to have uh, someone as big as Cholo Simeone signed for so long. It's that would be incredible. Um, yep. Uh, if 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 that if that, that is true, and we we have to admit that Matayas is very well related with with um, 
Atletico owners. Um, that, that could be probably the best news of the season uh, because ensuring a good um, coach for the next seasons, that's, that's a guarantee that we're going to have um, um, that this trend is going to continue and, and this growth that we're experiencing, uh, the amount of respect might- that we get from the rivals, it's just going. It's just going to continue happening. That and maybe you also help people like Falcao. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that if if Derek were still awake, he would he would comment on this. We're <laughs> <laughs> very sleepy, Martin. <laughs> I know it's around <laughs> mid afternoon. I'm getting sleepy you. too. It's 7 p.m. over here, guys. So that's totally late. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, anything to say? Um, no, I think that Marty made a very good point there right at the end where I think that Simeone's continuation will be a very big factor, not just in the, the players that we could sign uh, in the, the next season, but also for the, our current players. And um, I think that he has a lot of respect from his players and um, stars like Falcao has already really look up to him. So if we do have, want to hope to keep Falcao at the club, then uh, Simeone's um, new contract would be a very big yeah, well, factor I'm, I'm starting to get worried that Chelsea won't come over and say, hey, well, I want Diego Costa, I'll give you Courtois, and, and I'll give you Falcao back. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's all about Costa these days. Guys, uh, uh, we should change the title. Yeah, <laughs> this is Costa. <laughs> Guys, great talking to you as as usual, Martin. A pleasure and a talk pleasure, to you yeah. soon. All right. And good night, guys. Derek, go to sleep. <laughs> All right. I, I hope it won't be so long next time and I talk to you. No, soon. no, no. It has to be next week. Okay, guys. Thank you very much. So this wraps up another episode of Red and White Fashion. Remember to send your views by Twitter at This Is Atleti, Facebook on Facebook.com slash This Is Atleti, or by email on info at thisisatleti.com. If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you will continue to listen to us. You can subscribe to the podcast or download it via iVox or iTunes. Thank you for Atleti. If you would like to advertise on This Is Atleti, contact us via email on info at thisisatleti.com.